Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. We got a beautiful show. We got some beautiful hosts. We got a beautiful game. We got taste. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats, and we won't stop talking, we won't give it a rest, and as a matter of fact, it's time to get it off our chests. Hello and welcome to County Cricket Natters. Here we are, end of September and the end of the championship season. Huge congratulations to Surrey and to Durham and Worcestershire. Commiserations to Middlesex and Northants. It's been another cracker of a season. Um, and I'd like to dedicate this episode to Kevin Drew and to Graham Bond, who both sadly died this week. They both um, were Arden County fans, and I just want to say cheers to you both. Anyway, moving on. So, for one last time this season, I have Dan Whiting and Harry Everett with me. And we're going to make Harry Everett do all the work because Dan and I are old and tired. So, thank you, Harry. I'm going to move across to you. Yeah, well, you read my punchlines, Annie. You told us who's got relegated. (laughs) I was going to leave it all in suspense. (laughs) Well, I think a lot of you listening will probably know what happened yesterday. Phenomenal finish to the season. I was just saying my heart's still racing and I've got nothing to do with Kent or Middlesex, but... A thrilling end to the season. So yeah, Kent and Middlesex, basically, they were pretty close to the table. And then basically Middlesex needed to better Kent's result to stay up, to put it in short terms. We'll start at Canterbury. Kent played Lancashire and Lancashire, 327 all out. Josh Bohannon, man of the season for Lancashire, got more runs than James Rue in the end. More runs than Tom Wesley leading county championship run scorer in Division 1. 113 he got. And George Bell, the young wicketkeeper, got 40-odd. And an even younger wicketkeeper who wasn't wicketkeeping, Matty Hurst, got 76 not out, a couple of 50s in his first games, good effort. And him also helped along by George Bolderson. So the middle order youngsters coming good. There were three firsts for Najar and Quinn. Good to see Quinn and Gilchrist back for Kent. They're pretty key to get two seamers back because Hogan got injured in the Somerset game as well. Kent replying, 494 all out. Fair play, 135 overs they batted. Suddenly they've come good in the game that matters most and they did not have Zach Crawley. Now, personally, I would be fuming. If I was a Kent fan, I was at Bristol on Tuesday and I spoke to Zach Crawley at three o'clock, expecting him to almost be in his Kent tracksuit and the car keys be ready to go. As soon as the game was rained off, he'd be legging it to Canterbury to bat on day two. 
but he wasn't, he didn't. He said he was ill, and it's not my place to judge that. He looked fine to me at three o'clock, but I found that bizarre. I thought he was giving Tom Hartley a lift, and in the end, Tom Hartley played in Keaton Jennings' jumper come day three, but there was no Zach Crawley. Anyway, without Zach Crawley, Tandem Mier and Ben Compton put a cracking opening partnership on. 64 for the first wicket. Mier, the aggressor, of course, with 46. Compton got to 95, and I watched his dismissal, and it was gutting. Gutting. Caught for 95. Didn't get his 100. Joe Denley, 136. I was really impressed with how good he looked at Somerset. Love watching Joe Denley bat. And he went big. So they got they didn't get the 450 in the 110 overs, I don't think. But they got 400 in the 110. So fair few batting bonus points. Good effort. Even Finch and Nijar getting 40 odds. Four for, for George Balderson. Now, they fair, played a fair, a fair amount in Canterbury. It wasn't too much rain affecting this week. But Lancashire's opening partnership, Wales and Jennings, they've got to be one of the best opening partnerships in the league. And they sort of knocked the stuffing out of what we thought was going to be a Kent win. After the first innings, you thought, Kent, you know, they've got this. Believe in Kent. But Wales and Jennings, 194 for one. Got them two. Wales got his 100. Jennings missed out. And then Josh Bohannon got 68 not out with Tom Bailey. Pretty sure his first class best was 77. He got 78 of 136 balls. And I think um, the commentators nailed it on the head, really. On day four, Tom Bailey didn't fancy a bowl. <laughs> so basically, he just batted and batted and batted batted Kent out of the game and Najar's three for Leaning's three for um, Chahal's two for all the wickets taken by spin even Mie and Ben Compton had a little bowl towards the end but great to see Joe Denley getting runs at the end yeah. of the season his last two knocks I think we we um, certainly got him to form at Somerset because uh, he had had a bad bad season up until then and uh, I remember um that that we the win the commentary bots were saying oh wow this is you know he's had such a bad season and then kept going didn't he, he looked really good so um, I'm not surprised um, having seen him at Somerset how well he batted but, and we'll yes. go to Dan on Lancashire because Glenn Chapel ending his tenure as head coach captain Lancashire to captain championship win in 2011 Dan let go on talk us through what you think of Chapel's tenure yeah I mean he, he's Lancashire are a big county, aren't they? And the, the the fans are quite demanding up there. They've got one of the largest memberships in the country. The fans are quite demanding and they crave success. And, you know, Chapel hasn't probably delivered massive, massive success up there. He's, he's had a reasonable tenure, but he hasn't really delivered huge success. And uh, expect him to be the first of a few. Mm. I think I mean the fans are demanding up there, but I think they've got good reason. There's a you know, there's a lot of um fan um club um bad vibes. They come third, don't they, in the division one a few times, one division two. That's some decent runs to finals day. So well, they've got a really good um, wasn't it Bumble who said they were gonna win at the start of this um podcast? He's like Glenn McGar, isn't he? Dan? I think he did, yeah. I yeah. think he did, yeah. Yeah. Got a good side. They have got a good side. They're a big county. They're a test-playing county. Mm. And they've got a reasonable budget as well. Um, mm. They've got some really good youngsters coming through at Lancashire. Mm. Some really, really good youngsters. And yeah. I think they'll be a, a force to be reckoned with over the next five years. But uh, they're not quite ready yet. No, but fair play to Kent. There must have been a lot of nerves in that that last uh, on that last day. Because, uh, oh my goodness, they... Um, they had it was out of their hands and they had to watch Middlesex play and that must have been pretty bloody tense. Well, you Somerset fans will know all about that. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. 
Well, I want to know where the Kent fans are watching from because really I should have done this into this podcast first bit. I should have done first innings of one game, then gone to Trent Bridge oh, okay. and then back to Canterbury. <laughs> just thinking about I should have done it like that because there's these two games that were so important. And oh. Canterbury, they actually finished first. So yeah. I want to know the last hour yesterday, were they watching Trent Bridge live, Dave Bracegirdle and co on a big screen? Or is it in a, is it the, what's it called? The bat and ball pub next yeah. to the ground? Yeah. Yeah, I bet there are a few in there. bet there were. Well, it's yeah. a bit of a bistro now, though, isn't it? It's not like the sort of the old pub it used to be. That place. Go and go and buy it and sort it out, Dan. That's your project for the winter. Yeah, yeah. Well, it used to be a proper proper boozer, you know. And yeah, now it's, it's just not right, is it? You don't want a bistro no. next to a cricket <laughs> club, for goodness' sake. No. Right, we better get a Trent Bridge, aren't we? So this was absolutely crucial. Of course, relegation. Not not a lot to play for in mid table. Middlesex batting first Sam Robson the man of the season he only got 17 in the first innings but we'll come back to him later his second the second leading run scorer for Middlesex a guy who bailed them out in the middle order so many times can, captain of my fancy team pretty much all season Ryan Higgins run out for 137 had a bit of support from Giant Yadav the offspinner from India but to get Middlesex to 366 not quite batting the 110 overs. That was their mark. Can they bat 110? Can they get 400 or 450? But to get over 350 was a decent effort. You know, remember how frail their batting lineup. And against Brett Hutton, Brett Hutton and Dane Patterson, both right up to the 50 wicket mark the last couple of seasons. Brett Hutton's been absolutely superb. Five for 94. Don't forget got hit on the head, didn't he, as well? He did, yeah. He got 58. Yeah, yeah. he bat well. He's not been in the team much this year. No. Um, but yeah. And Jake Ball in his final appearances. There's Stuart Broad, is you know, a lot of chat about Stuart Broad. There is now um, a special commemorative ball, well, Jake Ball game. We'll come back to him as well. Nothing for his first innings. Ben Slater, 140 off 284 balls. Joe Clark, 70 off 150. And Matt Montgomery, a bit quicker, 52 off 56. So 384 all out. So a small lead for knots on the first innings. Uh, Josh DeCare is again three for three for fifty six. Now this is where it got a little bit interesting. Coming into the last day, what were Middlesex able to do? A little bit on, at the end of day three, and then coming into day four, how many do they set? You're trying to score quickly. Sam Robson, what a knock! Probably the best knock of the Middlesex season. Under pressure, last game of the season, day four pitch, doing a little bit, and he had to score quickly. Middlesex got two hundred twenty four in thirty nine overs, which is a real effort against mm-hmm. the likes of Patterson, Hutton, Bull, and Co. And Robson got 105 of 109 balls. No one else got 50. Josh DeCaris did whack 49 or 47 in the end. But to be fair to him, he got 49 with 1-4 and 1-6. Just <laughs> ran a lot of 1s and 2s. Pretty much every ball. Because the, the fielders were on the boundary at this point because they knew that Middlesex were trying to score. And what I really liked from this is I was reading quotes from Mullaney. They didn't try and set something up. Fair play. I still can't really forgive. It Was, yeah. was it Franklin and Middlesex whacking Alex Lees and Adam Lives dross? Around Lords, that scars me. That Middlesex Yorkshire game with the the hat trick. At least this was done properly, and fair play to Knots for for keeping the integrity in the game. Anyway, so they set Knots could Knots get just over two hundred to win the game. In it was about fifty eight overs, I think it was in the end. And Ben Slater forty nine. He looked solid. He got out to Sam Robson. Sam Robson's part time leg spin, phenomenal effort from him. He got four for forty six, and suddenly you think, well. You think, can can they win? Can they not? 64 for one, knots were flying. 106 for two, knots were still flying. Mullaney gets out. Then Clark, 22 off 20. Oh, 
I was watching the stream avidly at this point. He's whacked a yeah. four, whacked a six into leg side. And I'm like, surely not can't bottle this. 133 for three, 135 for four. And this is where Middlesex fans suddenly, and I guess London people stop working and suddenly four or five o'clock, everyone's on the stream. People are going out to Trent Bridge. And suddenly it was down to Matt Montgomery when Clark went. Tom Moore's got seven, not enough. He went for an ambitious sweep shot, silly shot, good catch, Ethan Bamba. Then there was, I'm not going to name and shame the fielder, but Middlesex fielder dived extra cover and kicked the ball for four. And I thought, oh no, that sums up, that deserves Division Two. But then Ethan Bamba made a cracking stop with five to win. Everything was going on. It was it was ridiculous. Um, and you think, actually, this is written for Jake Ball. I mean, not as I said, not a lot to play for, but Jake Ball eventually got them over the line. He was six not out. Matt Montgomery, 34 not out. And... My heart was racing, as I said earlier, and I've got no affinity towards Middlesex or not, but what an end to the season again. Mm. What do you, uh, how did you feel, Dan? <laughs> uh, I bloody hate cricket. Sorry <laughs> <laughs> I've won the title. Middlesex have got relegated and I work for Gloucestershire. I bloody hate cricket. <laughs> um, well, it is what it is. Middlesex will be playing Division 2 cricket next year, won't they? And... I think, uh, you know, there's, it's been a, a horrible week as well. There's been articles written in the newspapers which the club have had to come out and actually make a statement to say that they're, you know, they're not right. And mm. it's just been a horrendous week. And it's yeah. been a horrendous couple of, well, it's been a horrendous season, full stop. Yeah. Just uh, not got enough runs, have they, a lot of time? No, the batting's failed. You know, well, wasn't this the first time you got a batting before. point? No, they've they got, got one two. before. Oh, they got one before. They've got, they got two before that. Mm. But, but doubled the batting points in one game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and before Ryan Higgins, there's uh, Sam Robson. He'd got two hundreds. He got one last week. So mm. Sam Robson's got three hundreds, and Ryan Higgins got one hundred. But that's not enough over a season. Yeah, two in the last game. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's got to contribute, and um, you know they didn't. So Middlesex unfortunately are down but and Jake Ball what servant he's been to Nottinghamshire cricket mm. and a uh, fantastic bowler you know he does the the dirty work doesn't he for them he's run up and a great story the wind I love for Jake Ball Did you see, he, he got his last wicket ever from the new Stuart Broadend and he said he just wanted a bit of the, the way Stuart Broadend his career he wanted some of the Stuart Broad script he said yeah, yeah. And that's, that's and that's what he got <laughs> So, sorry, did eventually get to have their hands on the trophy. Not the win they wanted to end the season with, as Hampshire put up a pretty good fight at the Aegeus Bowl. Ben Brown scores 78 in the first innings. Hampshire, 219 all out. There's a fifer for Tom Law, who went down injured late in the game. Bit of a shame, but he, he looked good with the ball. Their overseas Indian IPL superstar, Sid Arson, got 73 for Surrey. And Jordan Clark, 50 not out. As only 207 all out was... Just below the first innings targets, try and get parity. Sorry, not quite at their best here. Liam Dawson, super MVP, PCA Player of the Year. What a season he's had with bat and ball. He got a fifer. In Hampshire's second innings, he got 34. As Vince got 56. Hampshire, 172 all out. Quite a low-scoring game this one, really. Will Jack's getting a fifer. He came back from Bristol. He played in the ODI at Bristol. He whacked it with Phil Salt at the top. Phenomenal innings he played. He was playing for... Hampshire a couple of days uh, against Hampshire at Hampshire a couple of days later. Interesting uh, that, but Surrey's second innings, 132 all out. And it was funny with Will Jacks because it depends on the Essex game. Essex had to get full batting bonus points to keep the title chase alive. 
And as Will Jacks was coming into bar, I was watching and he stopped and he stopped. Then he started again, then he stopped and he just started clapping in the middle of his run up because he heard the shouts from the crowd behind him who had their radios and phones glued to the Essex stream. And what a weird way to win the title. I mean, Hampshire won in the end. Liam Dawson got fourth in the last innings, but to be honest, sorry, didn't really care. They were already parching by, yeah. by, by the last innings and well played, sorry. Yeah, when we knew they were they were going to win, they only needed four points. But um, you know, there were a lot of lot of mm, discussions um, in the social media about the subs coming on and things. And I think that is something that really needs to be ironed out and and uh, some kind of law sorted because you don't know why some team are playing their subs or bringing in players from England and other teams aren't. And it just seems really really confused and inconsistent at the moment yeah fair play to gareth batty as well we've had him on the stream on mm. here before on the podcast and uh he's a he's a top man actually gareth so i like the yeah. way he talks he's plain talking he talks in simple terms and he actually said you know yes we're going to celebrate but we don't want to disrespect hampshire and we don't want to disrespect the game of cricket either I thought that was fair play. Yeah, and Stuart really as well play. also came out saying that we really need to, you know, support yeah. the counties. And that was a big line. I agree with that. Yeah, because yeah, he could he could easily have just gone right. We've got we've got lots of money. We've got a franchise. Don't care really, but no, they're still really really sorry. Been really really supportive. Yeah, so um, sorry lost. Yeah, yeah, they. Well I mean, sorry, have got fourteen thousand members. Yes, they've got the money, but. They've also produced their own. Tom Laws there, yep. as you said, Gus Atkins and people like that. They do play their youngsters. And I know they get a bad press, sorry, but, you know, fair play to them. And they deserved it. And yep. they've been the best side by a long, long way. Yep. And I hate to admit this, but uh, fair play, sorry. Mm. So, sorry, lost. And Essex, the nearest rivals, they got absolutely battered. This is what I love about the county championship. Top can beat bottom. No issue. North Ants have been pretty awful all season. They're miles at the bottom of the table. And suddenly the last two games, they just clicked. Karen Nyer, why did he play for Burbage and Eastern Royal with Pete Trigo for so many weeks? Why didn't North Ants sign him early in the season? Imagine Nyer and Privy Shaw together. They'll, they'll be signing him on for next season, I'm sure. But North Ants first team, 369 all out. Just like Kent, they're coming good at the end of the season. Rob Keogh, former Dunstable teammate of mine, he scored a magnificent 172 off 167 balls. He got them there. Justin Broad got 56, but Keogh was the mainstay. A fourth for Jamie Porter, who else? But he did go for his 100. He brought his 100 up. Essex, 211 all out. What's going on? They, they could have still won the title. They scored a few more. They didn't get any batting bonus points. Tom Wesley, their top run scorer, got 49, and that was about it, really. Three fizz for Luke Proctor and Ben Sanderson again. Essex were made to follow on. Imagine that, the bottom side making the second side follow on. And Essex were in absolute disarray. They were 13 for five. And then Paul Walter went ballistic. <laughs> no one out. You look at the scorecard, it's ridiculous. Second top score was 11. Uma Shedav swung 1-6 as he tried to hit every ball out of the park. I watched an over. He was just trying to smash um, Rob, Rob Keogh everywhere. Um and Paul Walter, fair play, 73 or 53 balls, which is a remarkable knock out of 119 all out. I can't think of a knock with a higher percentage of the runs, but it meant little in the end. Mr. White, five for 57 and Sanderson, three for 14. The two opening bowlers for North Ants, superb effort. And 
it's a shame too little too late for North Ants, but yeah. what an effort last game of the season. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said when the pressure's off. There's there's nothing they can do there's, when the pressure's off. They um, obviously don't feel tense and can play better. I mean, that's that's all I can think. The last couple of games, they've just you know played like they should have been playing all season. Well, I have to say that I've smashed Rob Keogh for three fours in a row, actually. But uh, in <laughs> mitigation, he was about 15 years old at the time. So, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, fair play. And North Hans, they're going to be playing Division 2 cricket next year. And it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back. As we mentioned last week on this podcast, Sadler's under a little bit of pressure, isn't he? There's things going off off the pitch at Northampton as well. So it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back, what sort of budget they've got for next year, and you know whether they can recruit because they, they obviously need some recruits. Their only two bowlers are absolute warriors. Sanderson, mm. uh, absolute legend. Mm. Again, he'll do the dirty work all the time. And Jack White, he's an interesting guy. Not Underrated, yeah. Yeah, not him from the White Stripes, but the uh, Northamptonshire opening bowler. He's um, a Cumbrian, came to cricket quite late as well. I think he came to cricket when he was about 23, 24. And um, he's, uh, he, he'll run through brick walls as well. He'll run in all day. <laughs> Tom Taylor. They will miss Tom Taylor, who's leaving them for next year. But yeah, I like North Ants. Good luck to them in Division Two. I hope they bounce back. Mm. Should we now go to the? You could call it a damp squib, but it ended in glorious blue sky and sunshine. We'll go to the the, the game that no one seemed to care about in Division One, which is fair enough. Not a lot playing playing for at Edgebaston. Somerset got two hundred and fifteen all out. They're in a lot of trouble. When I looked at the scorecard. Oh from Bristol they were 37 for 6 and my plan I packed my car up for the week I was going to go straight from the Bristol England ODI to go and watch Somerset for the last three days of the season they were 36 for 6 and suddenly I realised with England being called off and Luton playing Exeter that night I'd just come home (laughs) I didn't bother but that night and the next morning Josh Davey and Neil Wagner built upon the, the platform that Abel and Gregory set and had a serious partnership. Neil Wagner, a career best, 72 off 78 balls. And he was a little bit unlucky with his dismissal. He wasn't happy to be caught behind off Ollie Hannan-Dolby. Chris Rothworth got Pfeiffer. Him and Hannan-Dolby were competing at the top of the Warwickshire wicket-taking charts. Warwickshire started better, but didn't end up scoring that many more in the end. 273 all out there. got starts for most of their batters, but Ed Barnard was the only man to get 50. He got 73. And most of Somerset's team has chipped in with twofers and threefers. Bit of rain around Wednesday, Thursday. Friday was glorious blue sky and Somerset were 90 for two overnight and there was a delayed start and they just never played. Um, After the poor old Gloucestershire ground staff, I got a lot of stick on social media this week after not, well, not doing great sadly for the ODI on Tuesday. Don't want to criticise another set of ground staff, but go on, Annie, I'll let you talk about this bizarre ending to the season. I I turned up on on the first day um, having stayed up in Birmingham um I could only stay till um three o'clock and of course they only they only started playing at ten past two on the first day um and mm. um it was glorious when I got there it was absolutely lovely um and they were starting to take the covers off and um it just I don't understand I really don't understand why they didn't play but um it's not a, you know I'm not a grounds person so um, it was obviously pretty damp out there, but um, it was so weather affected that game. It was it was really really sad, and it was wonderful to watch Chris Chris 
Rushworth come in and, and bowl as well as he's been bowling all season. Um, but oh dear, Somerset, um, the the <laughs> this the half an hour that I watched was uh, oh well, I might as well go home because uh, we're not going to carry on batting. <laughs> you watched all the clips, so collapse, so yes, I really did on day one, did he? Yeah, I mean, there was a tweet, is it Gary Barnwell, the, the edge batting ground staff chat? He was on the covers at six o'clock on the final day, Friday morning, and it did rain a lot overnight, but it's just sad to see. And then at three o'clock, yeah. the, the Warwickshire team are playing football volleyball over the outfield, which you know, it doesn't matter at that point. But yeah, anything else to add on this game? I, I don't know. I don't really get I, I, you know, of course, it's it's the ground people's shout of, of when to play, and, and they're not going to not try and play. It's just it. It was really sad sitting there in the sun and wondering, you know, if we were going to get any play. Yeah, it's actually the umpires, uh, the right. ground staff. The ground staff hand it over to the umpires an hour before the start of play. So it's down to the umpires then. For the, but they the have main, chats with the, the ground staff, don't they? Yeah, they're, they're in they're in yeah. cahoots with the ground staff. Yeah. Um, but the same, you know, Bristol's again taken a load of stick this week. Yeah. But the ground staff can only come on when the umpires yeah. give them the signal to. So, yeah, but if we're comparing these two, then we've got to be honest about the Bristol one. The holes in the cover's got nothing to do with the umpires. The ground staff not getting the sheet over the massive gap they didn't cover. That was the issue there. I think edge is a rather different scenario. The edge and ground staff did the right thing covering the wickets and the wicket, whereas Gloucestershire just didn't cover it quickly enough. After they came on, the sheet was going all over the place. I was watching it. And it, you know, sadly, it looked like a second team village team trying to get the covers down. It's a little bit windy and they just couldn't get it down in time. They need better equipment then. It's not the ground staff again. Well, yeah, I suppose you could say put more money into it and you get a better roll on hover cover or whatever, but mm. can all 18 counties have hover covers? No. No. Anyway, no. we don't want to get get into too much of that. We'll go to Division 2, shall we? Yep. Well, I was we fascinated. Must. Just <laughs> We'll go to Gloucestershire last, Dan. <laughs> just as... Um, just as the amazing drama was happening at Trent Bridge, Yorkshire-Worcestershire was still playing mm. and the Glamorgan game was still playing. Late yesterday evening, I was trying to watch four streams and there was a New Zealand-Pakistan warm-up game. I was struggling to have enough screens. Anyway, Worcestershire had something to play for this round. They went up with Durham in the end. Oh, give me the punchline. Yorkshire won by six wickets in the end, but Worcestershire in their first innings, they got 389 all out. Brett Dolivera, the captain, 103. Top, top knock. Kashi Valley, 93. He even bowled later in the game. Top knock from him. As Yorkshire responded with 262 for six declared. Bizarre. <laughs> Didn't even look for batting bonus points. They got one. And then a weird declaration to try and set up a game because a lot of rain had been lost in this game. Played up north. I don't know. It ended up being a good game on the final day. So you could argue the declaration paid off. But it was a bit weird for Yorkshire to forgo some batting bonus points at the bottom of Division 2. Um, Worcestershire responded with a pretty quick scoring 232 for two declared off 30 overs because I'm sad to say it there was a bit of declaration bowling haven't had to mention it in the last part of the season but Finley Bean 10 overs for 101 James Wharton 9.1 overs for 108 that's declaration bowling for you after Code and Milne started properly 1 for 12 1 for 11 yeah, Jake Libby is a quality player and has scored some good hundreds, but him and Jack Haynes benefited from almost gifted the hundreds, dare I say. Roderick, Roderick fell first ball and Azra Ali got eight off eight. That's what you call missing out before the declaration bowling come on. Yes, definitely. Um, and then, yeah, I was watching it last night. Yorkshire, second innings. Good chase, really good chase. Sean Massoud, 123 of 131 balls. And Mr. Wharton, 89. 
Adam Live got fifth at the top as well. 363 for four. I think if I remember rightly, the commentator Jonathan Doidge, I think, said, to their fourth highest chase in the county championship. Baker got three for 117, but I mean, there wasn't that much to play for. But good chase on the final day. Yorkshire, get the win. Yeah, delighted for Worcestershire to be going up. I mean, partly um, selfishly because I love going to New Road and uh, they'll be in the same division as us um, at Somerset. So, mm. um, but I'm really pleased. You know, they another smaller club that is has issues and and financial worries um, are coming up. And um, let's hope it really bolsters their next season and they come good. Yeah, massive congratulations to Worcestershire. I think they've been absolutely wonderful. They've had a few years in the doldrums mm -hmm. and they've got a new coaching team there. Alan Richardson heading it up. Caddy Rally's there as well, isn't he? And they have been absolutely superb. They played an aggressive brand of cricket and they deserve to go up. They've been really good. I saw them at Cheltenham. They won a couple of overs before the end. They bowled Gloucestershire out a couple of overs before the end there. And they look like a, they're really together. They look like a real unit, Worcestershire. And fair play mm. to them. They've got some good fans up there. They're good people up there as well. They'll they have a beer with you and talk cricket with you for ages. They and, certainly uh, will. <laughs> yeah, and they deserve every bit of their success. Well, we all knew Durham were going to be going up with Worcestershire. And they ended with an emphatic win. Summed up how good they've been this season. They won by an innings and 141 runs. 457 for eight declared off 103. That sums, sums up the way Ryan Campbell plays. Seven overs spare and there were seven, seven runs over the top batting bonus point mark. Alex Lees didn't get runs though. It was <laughs> Borthwick with 63 and David Beddingham, another man who's got plenty of runs in recent years, 156. And Graham Clark, a little bit lower down the order, got 119. And really, really top batting from the Durham lot. Three for for Chris Wright. Now, that's an interesting one. Chris Wright announced this week, for personal reasons, he's not going to go to Sussex. Haven't agreed a deal. He's going to stay at Leicestershire potentially. We don't know. That's to be confirmed. We might come back to that. But he got three for 65. And our man, Tom Scriven, got four for Did so well in the one-day cup. Now, another guy did so well in the one-day cup. Harry Swindle, Swindles. Him and Will Davis are out of contract. Swindles being the Leicestershire third choice wicketkeeper who won them the one day cut with that amazing partnership with Evans. Well, Will Davis too. He didn't get many in the first innings, 143 all out as Ben Rain got five for. Fernando, the Sri Lankan overseas, got four for. But when Leicestershire started their second innings following on, again, no one really got runs until the man I've just talked about. Down the bottom of the order, back number 10, Will Davis, first class best of 58. Ben Cox, of Worcestershire. Wicketkeeper, now Leicestershire. He got 33, but 173 all out they were in the end. There was talk of Durham finishing it the night before, or could they take it into the last day for all the fans coming in for the final day to have the big presentation and trophy lift? But shout out to Will Davis and Swindles didn't do much this game. But these guys are out of contract. I love it when they, they pull out chunks like Darren Stevens, when he was out of contract, he just kept performing and performing. You think, surely you've got to give him another year, give him another yeah. year. Well, we'll see what happens. Mr. Jarvis, sort something out, get the Leicestershire wallet out and get Swindles and Davis there for next year because they've got some good young players at Leicestershire. Yeah, and they've had a, a much better season this season, which I'm really pleased about. So um, they weren't going to go up um, uh, since uh, they, their last couple of games, they weren't going to go up. So um, when we all knew Durham were um, and they played like a Division One team. 
Yeah, two sides there who've had fantastic seasons. Leicestershire mm. got some silverware. They won the Metro Bank One Day Cup. Yeah. They've been much improved as well, and they're building nicely for next year. And the, the fans up there will be really pleased. As for Durham, I think this might be the start of something really good up there in the northeast. Mm. And I think that they they might even whisper this very quietly, but I think they might be in with a chance at the title next year. Oh, like it. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> right, well, another game that went right into the end of day four, batting out for a draw, proper cricket this was, was at Sapphire Gardens. Derbyshire, 450 for eight declared. Lewis Reese, record number of 50s in a row, just keeps churning out runs. 139, not, 139 out he got in the first innings, opening the batting. Brooke Guest, the wicketkeeper at number three. Don't often see a keeper at number three. He got 96, just missed out on 100. And Wagstaff got 78 down the order. 450 for eight of 127 overs. Declared, of course. Three for for Harris. Glamorgan responded. Zion Hassan got 65. Colin Ingram, 82. Billy Root, 53. They were 301 for five. And then they declared. This is where it gets a bit messy, all the declarations. I don't like looking at a scorecard when there's three declarations on there. I just think, flipping it, guys. But it was raining, so they said, wink <laughs> it up. Um, four for for Thompson. Well, pretty well. Um, Lewis Reese, another 100 in second innings. An even better 100, you'd say. 234 for two declared off 44 overs. I mean, there wasn't really declaration by I wouldn't have said. Eddie Byron bowled six overs. Kieran Carlson's bowled a fair amount of offspin this season. And Gorvin, Van Hooten, McElroy and co. They're all normal bowlers. So it wasn't horrendous. And Harry Kane got 57 before he went. But Glamorgan's second innings, 135 for six. And they did have to bat for a draw. If you'd watched the end of the stream yesterday, there were fielders everywhere. I love the pictures of all the close fielders in. Eventually, they did do it, but it needed Chris Cook to get 25 off 82 balls. Well, the 25 was irrelevant. Andy Gorvin, that, that man I love, who nearly won the game for your, uh, the game for Glamorgan at Somerset. I remember commentating on needed six off the last ball, needed it for four a couple of years ago in the one-day cup. Well, he was there. He faced 36 balls, and Glamorgan sealed the draw just, but it got a little bit squeaky bum time in the end. So Glamorgan, quite happy to take a draw out of that game, and Derbyshire have been pretty impressive with the bat this season and we should probably also shout out the, the bowlers the likes of Sam Connors and Zach Chappell particularly Yeah I mean it, they, they have been quite impressive but they haven't had a great season let's face it um, No And and still I think they're still missing Sham Masood um, Yeah I think That was a really really um, nice relationship between Mickey Arthur and Sham Masood and I think that was a real real shame that they lost him especially as he's you know gone to Yorkshire and Yorkshire aren't in a better place than Derbyshire so it, it feels a little bit um you know shame that that happened at all uh having said that you know yeah they, they're a decent side like you said and they they've had some really good batting so um you know it's uh th- there's still positives for Derbyshire to take ahead I think and Glamorgan yeah again you know that they, they've had a good good-ish you know some some good games, but um, am I right? They're losing Matthew Maynard no. now. Yeah, they are losing Matthew Maynard, so it'll be interesting to see what happens down there. I think there are another club with issues off the pitch, possibly. Mm. Uh, Lewis Reese, I want to talk about him. Mm. I think he's absolute quality. He's what we call in London cricket as skipper's mate. Sometimes he opens the batting and the bowling. Yes. And, uh, it's known as skipper's <laughs> mate. Um, but he, he he deserves to because he can do both aspects of the game very well. 
and I think he's a you know he's a very very good cricketer. Came from Lancashire a few years ago, didn't he? And I think he is. Uh, Brooke Guest is another one as well who came from Lancashire or came from Manchester cricket, and I think he is a, a quality player. But Derbyshire haven't won a game this season, and the fans up there will probably want a little bit more next year. Yeah, well, there's only one place left to go to in the county championship roundup for this year, and it's off to Hove, where Sussex won pretty emphatically. Gloucestershire, bit of a stinker of a season. Sussex still without Pajara, but one of the three Toms in the top three, Tom Haynes, got 62 in the first innings. They were 202 all out. Jack Carson, the off spinner, contributing 56 down the order two. A five for for left arm quick, Matt Taylor. Good to see him get a few poles. Although what was depressing is. Ed Middleton, the young leg spinner, only managed to bowl five overs. He had to have a scan. He hurt his shoulder in a bad way. And his scan last night, haven't haven't heard the latest, but he was worried it could be a labrum tear, a bit of damage to the AC joint. So a little bit worrying for him. He's looked good in the last couple of games he played, yeah. but he couldn't bat in the second innings. He did bat in the first innings, but Gloucestershire were 195 all out. Nothing to shout about. Mars Hammond, 48. Three firsts for Brad Curry and Hunt. The big Hunt got whacked around in the one-day cup at Taunton. Andy Mee took a bit of a liking to him. He bowled a few no balls, but good to see him bouncing back with some useful wickets. And then Sussex went into overdrive. Missing Middleton, you wouldn't have thought, is the only significant factor. And there's still a few few bowlers for Gloucestershire who've been there, done it. Zafar Gahar, of course, is a quality bowler. He bowled 33 overs, one for 138 as the runs were piled on the end. Young Oxfordshire school lad, Cole's got 128. Tom Clark, 72. Ali Orr, great to see him back at the top of the order. Mm. Really like him. He's yeah, got that really, amazing really 200 at Taunton, player. didn't he? Mm. Tom Allsop, captain, got 79. And Gloucestershire almost looked like they gave up in the end. Josh Shaw got 4 for 82. Fair play. But when Gloucestershire came to their second innings, they were 173 all out. And Graham Van Buren ran out of partners. He could have got 100. Obviously, Middleton couldn't bat, so they only had 10 players. Um, but yeah, Graham Van Buren, 67. And again, it was Curry and Hunt that got the threefers. Dan, I suppose we'd better come to you. A pretty disappointing season for Gloucestershire. Sadly, I was a bit worried on the, on Tuesday when I was there for the ODI. The, the media team had almost given up on watching the game at home. I was watching the action at home more than they were. I think they just <laughs> wanted the season to end, sadly. Yeah, it's been a horror show, if I'm honest with you. Uh, it's been horrendous, but... There have been chinks of light. I mean, Ollie Price is my pick mm. for the Cinch PCA Player of the Year. I know you Somerset fans will probably be going <laughs> Jamie Rue and uh, Jamie Smith will probably get it at Surrey because they've won the title. But Ollie Price, to be in that team, finishing bottom of the table, uh, I think he's been absolutely fantastic. Sean Hunt's an interesting character. He, uh, he's got the name of someone you'd probably find in a pub in Kilburn, wouldn't you? You know, sitting at the end of the bar. But he's he's a decent left-arm bowler. He's a big unit. He's a big old lad. Um, but I think he, he's going to be a decent bowler. James Coles as well. I think he's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Sussex have got a link with Oxfordshire now. So Coles is part mm. of that. Harrison Ward, who I think might be being released by Sussex. Uh, he's he's quality. From- I rate him. He's another one uh, from Oxfordshire as well. So, mm. you know, it'd be interesting to see where he ends up. But uh, Coles, I really like the look of. I mean, he's 18, 19 years old. He got 170 the other week. 
And for, you know, a kid to do that in county championship cricket shows he must have a little bit about him. He's got a beautiful action as well, bowling left arm spin. So I really like the look of him. But as for Gloucestershire, I think that they they probably do need to recruit over the winter. I think they probably need a top-order bat somewhere in there. I think they haven't probably replaced Ryan Higgins either as their all-rounder. And the bowling, um, no seam bowler's got over 20 wickets. Um, and it, you know, if you look at the averages, it tells a story. And you know, the fans deserve better down there. And hopefully, next season they can turn it around. Hopefully, they can do what Worcestershire and what Leicestershire have done as well, and turn around sort of two real mediocre years. Because yeah. uh, at the moment they've won two games out of twenty-eight over the last two years in county championship cricket. Well, let's... and they were dead. They were dead rubbers. Let's face it. That's that is the beauty of the championship. Is that you know teams, you know the 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 skill level. Surrey were down in the second division not long ago, so things change and things move, and it does happen. Um, so it's every, anybody's game still. Zaman actor though very expensive in both innings in this last game, but a lot of talk about him being quick, exciting talent. People at Somerset sniffing around him, but. Maybe more of a white ball bowler. You've seen a bit more of him than I have this year, Dan. Has he? He's got potential. He's got pace. Raw. Yeah, yeah, he has. He's he's raw. I mean, he's twenty four. He's come through the Saka system, so the South Asian Cricket Academy. Um, he's got some magic deliveries up his sleeve. He can be a little bit expensive. I mean, he's still raw. He, he still probably needs to learn how to put the pressure on a batter and actually work a batter out over sort of a space of six 12 balls etc but he has got some magic deliveries up his sleeve i think he bounced out rahan ahmed earlier in the season mm. he did him for pace pure pace where mm. ahmed's fending it off his chin and it went off to slip so he's he's got some he's definitely got some potential to work with um and i i think he's he's going to be a star of the future gloucestershire have had a horrendous injury list though as well i mean tom price he did last year as well didn't they yeah, Tom Price has been out for the last few weeks. Ajit Singh Dale, who's been probably Gloucestershire's best bowler, has been decent. Matt Taylor there as well. He's missed a lot of the season. He's had an infected toe, which mm. has been pretty horrendous when I sat next to him in the commentary box the other <laughs> week. It wasn't a pretty sight. <laughs> um, and uh, Marshawn Delanger as well. Mm. He was signed on a three-year mm. deal. He's He's sort of gone up the ladder as they call it um so yeah gloucestershire have had a horrendous injury mm. crisis they've also they, probably lost Payne. lost the most um days of cricket to rain as well than any other side yeah they have i mean they, they've been they've been sort of competitive in quite a lot of games but mm. what they tend to yeah. do and this is a classic this sussex game is they're competitive and then it all unravels in the second innings and, you know, Sussex got, what, 500 or whatever, 500 lead. And yeah. you thought, oh, it's going to be a road. It's flattening out, as Hope can do. And then Gloucestershire is suddenly, I don't know. That's 505 and 118 overs as well. That's properly quick scoring. That's properly unravelling. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And, um, you know, you thought, oh, it's going to be a road and Gloucestershire, you know, might even chase it down. Because we saw that at Hove the other week, didn't we? We were mm. almost chased down 500 there. But sadly, it wasn't to be. Okay, I'm just going to um, quickly run through the tables um, and then 
uh, that will be it. Okay, so uh, Division 1, uh, Surrey end on 216, Essex 196, Hampshire 192, Warwickshire 179, Lancashire 161, Nottinghamshire 151, Somerset 148, Kent 111, Middlesex 104, and Northamptonshire 96. Um, and then uh, Division 2, Durham 233, Worcestershire 167, Sussex 150, Leicestershire 142, Glamorgan 139, Derbyshire 113, Yorkshire 109 and Gloucestershire right at the bottom at 97. So it just uh, leaves me to thank uh, Dan and to Harry, both of you, thank you for being so wonderful. And um, Harry, thank you for stepping up uh, the last few and doing everything for us because, uh, like I said, we, we're a bit old and tired now, aren't we, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> we certainly are we certainly are it's been a long old season but it's been a wonderful season and yeah. county cricket is the ultimate i love the county championship i think it's the best competition in sport and i can't wait for next april no nope, me neither how about you harry yeah i'm just scrolling through the love of twitter i love it last game of the season how much love people have and it's depressing isn't it six yeah. months whatever it is without it we're going to miss it. Fortunately, we'll have to watch it all back on YouTube when we get bored and sad in the winter. And the World Cup's only six days away, but yeah, it's not quite counting cricket. Too. Anyway, you know, we'll, you know what is sad? What is sad is the the goodbyes. You know, it's, it's yeah. goodbye to Jake Ball. Yeah. It's goodbye Jack to Brooks. Tim Murta, possibly Jack Brooks, Gareth Berg, all these absolute stalwarts of county cricket, and they're uh, you know they're not going to be around next year. And possibly Cook. Mm. You never know. You mm. never know. All right. Um, so we'll uh, be back in uh, 2024, raring to go for the new season. Thanks for listening. We got a beautiful show. We got some beautiful hosts. We got a beautiful game. We got taste. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats And we won't stop talking We won't give it a rest And as a matter of fact It's time to get it on the Podcast Network.